0: Welcome to The Ugly Truth.
1: Step 1, train the people only to consume. Step 2, infiltrate adults with the news. Step 3, indoctrinate the children through the schools and the music and the apps on the phones that they use. Step 4, separate the right from the left. Step 5, separate the white from the black. Step 6, separate the rich from the poor. Use religion and equality to separate them more. Step 7, fabricate a problem made a lie. Step 8, put it on the news every night. Step 9, when people start to fight and divide, take control. This is called situation design. They can't stop us, cause we're ready to fight, trying to brainwash us, but we won't let freedom die, the whole world's brainwashed, everybody pick a team, start a riot in the streets, the whole world's brainwashed, it's us against them and you against me.
0: We're with you Tom, we will not back down, this is the ugly truth, hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore. The ugly truth of the war on our food supply. By now I'm sure many of you have heard of the 10,000 or 2,000 dead cows in Kansas. When this happened, the first person that I thought of was my friend Mike Calicrate over in St. Francis, Kansas. He also has businesses in Colorado Springs, Colorado as well, and that's where he was when I gave him a call. I asked him Whether or not he thought that this was intentional, or what his opinion might be on what actually happened here. He sent me a statement, and it reads, This has happened before. A few years ago, a large number of fat animals died in high heat and humidity in Kansas and Nebraska. At the time, Zilmax, an aggressive, performance-enhancing drug, was implicated. It's gotten worse now with hotter weather, higher growth genetics, hot feed, and other aggressive performance-enhancing drugs like Optiflex, making cattle bigger, pushing organs and circulatory systems beyond the ability to deal with the added stress of record heat and humidity. It's like designing a fast, high-powered car running on racing fuel without a big enough cooling system. The engine overheats and locks up. Additionally, more cattle are concentrated in the big meatpacker-slash-partner feed yards that receive preferences, encouraging them to feed more cattle than the yards are designed to hold. Pressures from private equity-type investors seeking higher returns have pushed pen densities to overcrowded conditions with no shade and inadequate access to water. Smaller, better-managed farmer feed yards are the best alternative. Unfortunately, they have been driven out of business by the meatpacker cartel, with the number of cattle they once fed going to the big corporate, highly preferenced, and overcrowded yards. That was the statement from Mike Calicrate from St. Francis, Kansas. To learn more about Mike and to follow his blog, just go to MikeCalicrate.com and you'll see a list of all of his different websites there, including Calicrate Banders, and Ranch Foods Direct. Now, let's listen into a breakdown from farmer Charlie Rankin, and see what he has to say as far as the different theories that are floating around out there about this sudden death of these cattle.
2: Well, it has been one crazy week for farmers out in Kansas. There were something, the official numbers are somewhere north of 2,000 head of cattle were killed by this extreme heat wave. And uh, from Progressive Farmer, Progressive Farmer has done its own research into this. They've called out to some of the feedlots. They've called out to farmers in the area, um, and they've they've u- utilized their resources, which I think Progressive Farmer normally has some pretty good resources. Their numbers were uh, estimates of as high as ten thousand head of cattle were killed by this extreme heat wave moving through Kansas. So I wanted to talk about this because there's also been a lot of speculation around what happened with 10,000 or 2,000 or 3,000 head of cattle out in Texas. It seems like a very, very high number even for uh, a, a heat wave of this magnitude. So I wanted to go through what could have caused this naturally, uh, what some of the suspicions are, or what some of the other theories are, and then I'd like you to tell me down below what you think actually happened. So uh, the, the the theory of the heat wave will start there because that's the kind of the natural elements theory, and um, there might be a couple other natural theories that could um, that could pop up in here. Uh, but there's also a lot of interesting history uh, with Kansas, including the Department of Homeland Security. So. We'll kind of start with, with with the natural theory, the the most obvious, the ones that's being reported by the, the mass media, and that is this heat wave. So the heat wave is is elevating temperatures above 100 degrees uh, during the daytime, and they're not really the temperatures really aren't dropping that much at night. And and what happens in that scenario is that the cows they build up the heat during the day, and normally they're able to get some relief and de-stress at nighttime. In this particular case, they're not able to de-stress much at night because the heat isn't dropping. Uh, so that is one theory, but we also know that um, Florida is a very large cattle state, Texas is a very large cattle state, There are a lot of states with much hotter temperatures than even what we're seeing is this extreme heat wave in Kansas that have not been facing mass cattle deaths. So the the heat argument in and of itself seems uh, a a little far-fetched. Now this happened in Ulysses, Kansas. Uh, It seems to be a rather uh, set area, and I've driven out there before. You know, there are a lot of feedlots in that, that western side of Kansas. So when we're pinpointing one particular area, and all of these areas have feedlots, and all of these areas have all these cows, um, it, it seems a little suspicious on the, on the heat theory in that standpoint. But nonetheless, it is possible, because the heat temperatures did get up high enough, and they stayed elevated enough that it could have caused those deaths. Um, The the other thing you have to think about here is what are the cows eating? These cows are in feedlots, so a lot of them are being fed grains. Now, most feedlots in an extreme heat situation will actually change up the diet of the cows. And I'm not sure what was done in this situation, but they'll change up the diet of the cows because when you feed cows too much grain, you heard this uh, recently on our channel from... uh, from Jim Smith, the the cattle farmer that we we put into our regenerative uh, video program. Uh, Basically, when you feed them too many grains or even too much fescue, so if you put out a bunch of bales of fescue, it raises the temperature of the rumens in the cow's stomach, which raises the temperature of the cow itself, the toxicity of fescue can do that so in extreme heat situations the cow's diet makes a huge difference on the impact of that animal Uh, seeing that these cows were confined into uh, feedlots I would look at you know I would be curious to know what these cows were eating if their diet was changed up if they had bales of fescue out there with them you know toxic fescue because all of those things could be contributing factors that we could learn something from But that doesn't necessarily mean it could also lead to more heat losses in animals for a number of reasons because you've got uh, drier soil uh, and and in feedlots, you don't have a lot of ground cover. As we know, you know, it could be 108 degrees outside, but if you have a feedlot, where there's no grass, no ground cover, just straight dirt, um, it could actually raise the temperatures by several degrees. So those cows might be actually living in what feels like 115, 120 degrees, depending on uh, you know the, the heat index compiled with no ground cover. I mean, all of these things raise the temperatures uh, slightly. So there is an environmental concern within a feedlot of potential island heating which could uh, further I- increase you know, the heat stress on the animals. You also have a lot of bodies of animals in one area, which could uh, increase that thermal index of that heat, heat island around the feedlot. So um, there are a lot of contributing factors with the heat theory. Um, but like I said, this seems to be um, a, not a necessarily a widespread issue, but something that has happened uh, in a particular area which makes it a little more suspicious. Um, but the dry conditions of the ground, uh, like I said, they could definitely feed into some of that. So there have been a lot of theories kind of floating around out there, uh other theories as to what could have happened, because even 2,000 head of cattle is a lot of cattle. You would think that somebody managing the facility would see the stress on the animals, see the emergency at hand, figure out something to do. A lot of feedlots will spray down the animals. Feedlots have a lot of ways of taking care of, of the animals that are on there. In rare occasions in the past, we have seen some feedlots take some insurance claims. Most of the time they've gotten caught for it by, uh, and and there have been a few rare occasions in the past, and I mean rare, where a feedlot has abused the animals and that has led to deaths of animals, starvation, etc. Um, but for the most part, a feedlot is trying to get a big, fat, healthy animal, and these were big, fat, healthy animals. These were extremely valuable animals in the food supply chain. And then if there were 10,000 of them, I mean, if you figure, you know, what happens when a meat factory shuts down for a day, these factories send 2000 animals a day through them sometimes, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like shutting down a meat factory for five days. It will make a ding, at least a temporary ding in our food supply chain, just from the lack of animals that are, were ready to go through the processing system. Uh, and if this, Does continue is it if it is heat related and we're just seeing this many deaths, um, it could definitely have an impact. Something I want to clarify here is that I'm running through, as I said at the beginning, all the different theories. The problem with the mismanagement theory, in my perspective, is that uh, this wasn't just one feedlot, these were multiple feedlots. The only thing that has a similarity here. Is that this happened within the same geographical range? Uh, it, it happened within the same geographical range, which to me is suspicious because the heat wave was wider spread than this range, and there are certainly feedlots wider spread than this range. But the cows and the feedlots that were impacted seem to appear to be within a geographical range. Um, but it was definitely more, from what from my understanding, more than one feedlot involved, which um, kind of you know takes the mismanagement concept out the window because there's not going to be could have uh, possibly done something to the water supply but you know when we talk about what where these heat waves are coming from there's there's natural forcings involved here as well things that if we if we understand better we could see coming and, and possibly plan for better when you have a termination event in a 11-year solar cycle 99% of the time there's a study a scientific study on this that proves this 99% of the time you have what it it triggers what we call a La Nina which is a weather cycle that creates warmer drier temperatures in the west it's always had it caused issues for farming throughout history. You can go back and, and look at this. We've we've run into these type of scenarios with La Niña's for a very, very long time. It's an interesting subject because here we get into enviro- environmental degradation because when we continue to uh, treat our ground the way that we have, our soil, um, it doesn't retain water when it rains. And, and you're talking about a very delicate area of North America that could Produce a vast amount of food in the right conditions, or become a desert in the wrong conditions. And uh, when you start to degrade the soil, and it, the soil doesn't retain the water, what happens is that water runs off. It just keeps running downstream, and eventually, you know, out to the Gulf of Mexico or wherever it goes, and, and carries everything that it picked up along the, the on the way. Um, when you have good quality soil. That soil will retain the water. We uh, we did a demonstration on this with uh, the the Chatham County Soil and Water Conservation, where they poured water through different types of uh, soil, the way it was grazed, the way it was managed, and you could see the water retention uh, in these tubes that were down below it. It was absolutely fascinating. When you when you see th- how that type of soil works, that is really what has c- kind of kept. The Ogallala Aquifer full for so many years and so we, we've, we've degraded our soil so we don't have as much water being retained in there and then we've built massive cities that require a massive amount of water and so the Ogallala Aquifer uh, by the beginning of this year, was was under extreme stress. Um, now, this could lead into a bunch of different scenarios. You know, you, you have the, the possibility of somebody who is a fanatic about the Ogallala Aquifer, and there are fanatics out there, who says, if I can get rid of 10,000 head of cattle, I can get rid of a lot of water use. Um, you could have uh, some sort of government program undercover covert government program saying hey we need to shut down these these cattle so that we can kind of conserve on the Ogallala aquifer you could also have from soil degradation you could have in pockets of the aquifer where there have has been a little bit of rain and then you know it dried up again if any of that water was able to make it down to the aquifer and raise those levels what if you know, the, the levels of the aquifer have gotten so low that there's some sort of toxicity in the Ogallala Aquifer. There actually have been tests in the past where they found areas of toxicity in that water supply, and some of that could be due to fluctuating water levels, uh, the concentration of water in particular areas because it's gotten very low. Um, we don't, without having water tests of the sites where these things were, we really don't know the answers to that. There's also the potential, knowing that the water levels of the aquifer are are getting much lower, there's also the potential for other outside forces. Uh, As we know, the Department of Homeland Security in 2020 pulled a bunch of uh, leaders from Kansas into a private briefing, uh, a private briefing that I'm assuming would be to brief them about potential threats To the state of Kansas, which is an important agricultural state, from outside entities, or it could be domestic. I mean, that's kind of like the big term now that Congress is throwing out to everybody they oppose is domestic terrorists. Um, But it could be either one of those. I mean, those aren't uh, far fetched concepts, uh, especially with everything that's going on globally today. uh, And the fact that just Months before, or a month before, it was it was pretty close to this event with the Department of Homeland Security and Kansas lawmakers. You had random drones flying over, which drones are often used to survey, flying over the uh, the, the areas that the the uh, Ogallala Aquifer covers. I've said this a hundred times, and and everybody still thinks those drones were were used for something else. But they were flying the the areas where these drones were spotted were over the Ogallala Aquifer, so. There, there are, you know, I, I think somebody had mentioned it's in the water. There are some arguments where there could possibly be some sort of water contamination. Now, I would say that in this particular case, unless we start seeing the spread over the next couple days, um, it would have to be some sort of water contamination that happened within that particular area. So we've talked about heat stress. We've talked about you know, the feed that could have been fed to them. We've talked about soil degradation, which also creates heat because of the heat islands that it creates. And, and guys, I mean, these, these feedlots, you know I'm not a big fan of feedlots. They have thousands of animals amassed into concentration, and, and that creates additional heat. When we hear these 108-degree temperatures, 105-degree temperatures, the temperatures are much higher than that. But again, we also have feedlots in Florida. We have feedlots in um, Texas. We have feedlots in other states, warmer states, where this hasn't been a factor. The drought factor in Kansas could be also leading to some of that because of the dryness of the ground, the dryness of the fescue, the dryness of a, the grasses. It could be adding to that heat island effect. Um, those are all things. And, and Kansas has been in extreme drought since the beginning of the year. Um The drought conditions could be leading to issues with the the aquifer. They could make an alarmist go crazy over it and and do something particularly to a feedlot. They could also offer an opportunity for a cover-up of a monkey-wrenching group. You know, people don't believe this, but it actually happens. Fifty-eight cows randomly died in North Dakota, pregnant cows, and uh, I I never heard the last of that investigation. But, um, it was unnatural and cattle mutilation is something that's been going on since the 1970s by monkey wrenchers, people who are so blown away by this concept of, you know, cows destroying the planet that they actually go out and kill them. And then they go out and say it's for animal rights, which doesn't make any sense to me because they're killing off a species. The point is, is that there are a lot of people who would react to an extreme scenario like this, where they see extreme drought, they see extreme heat, they see extreme water usage, they see them spraying cows to keep them cool with that water usage, and then they react. They react on their own, they take matters into their own hands because they're a warrior. They put a bunch of steel in a guy's cornfield that was going to be cut down and used to feed the cows. And luckily they caught on to it, but uh, what it would have done is stripped up that steel, put it into the cow feed and killed the cows. I mean, these are, this is the reality of what our cattle industry faces every day from extremists. So I don't think that you could write this off again, because this is what seems to be rather isolated to a particular area as a case of a, an extremist and they've gotten very clever of coming in there and wiping out all these cows this is a lot of cows this is a lot of cows that uh, you know if for somebody managing that facility in a proper way to not have noticed the the heat stress to not have noticed them start going down and to not have tried to react and do something i mean it's not like they you just walk out one day and they're all dead heat stress takes time to kill an animal and it doesn't happen all at once it it takes it has to i mean the animal goes through several stages of this before it actually impacts them like i said there's always the 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 concerns of some sort of government whether it's ours or a foreign government interfering with the food supply chain some people think it's for you know us get us to eat fake meat the fake meat companies have the monkey-wrenching groups. So they don't need the government to do that for them. There's been a lot of concern over uh, some of the other events that we've seen this year with um, factory fires of food processing plants, which is, you know, to me, that's a bit suspicious the numbers were considerably higher. Um, we've had a lot of uh, fires this year in, in the Great Plains that have also killed off cows um, and, and, so, and, and destroyed, you know, potential grazing land and and feeding land. Um, That's another thing to consider even in this situation is financial stresses. The the cost of grains, the cost of grains, and it's something that somebody could potentially do if they ended up in a very desperate situation. But with the cost of grains going up, if you're unable to offset those costs, you have a bunch of animals, an insurance claim could solve that problem for you. But um, I don't think that is what happened in this particular situation. I'm just trying to throw out all the possibilities, and I'd like to hear from you guys what you think it could possibly be. Another theory that I've heard is bovine respiratory disease, but this is another one of those things where it wouldn't have happened all at once to that group of cattle. Uh, it's, It's another thing, you know, these cows that are in feedlots are, again, they're brought there to become healthy, and and fatten up before they get processed the goal is to have healthy cattle by the time they go into processing i don't think that bovine respiratory disease would have been able to make it through that many head of cattle completely unnoticed to that extent through all the stages i mean that's just that's really i i would throw that argument out the window it's most likely not Scenario that took place here. Um, I've heard people talk about biological weapons. We haven't seen any of those in the past couple years. What, What stands out to me in my mind as very suspicious is the fact that this is 2022. Uh, just two years ago, less than two years ago, if you actually figured out, you know, where in 2020 it was uh, late summer, I think, that they brought them into uh, this meeting with Department of Homeland Security. But the Department of Homeland Security was concerned about something in Kansas. I believe that to be something that had to do with agricultural production. Um, it was an, it was shortly after the drones were flying over the uh, Ogallala Aquifer. Um, and so if if we are truly going into some sort of global event like uh, Pope Francis said the other day then um, all of these pieces could play into a, a much larger scenario and then would we hear about it is the question would we hear about it out of fear of public reaction or would um, would DHS or you know whoever is investigating it, just simply uh, steer their investigations and try and stop it from happening again, unless they're unless they're the ones that are doing it. I mean, there are all there's so many different possibilities here. The the point is, is that um, it could have yes, it could have happened from heat stress. It, it absolutely could have the the water situation, um, the water rights situation. Uh, people, uh, you know, there's just. There's just so much going on, and, and some of those advocates out there could be just as dangerous as, you know, any other groups. And, and it could be one of those things where, you know, somebody decided to do something and didn't realize the impact that it would have. Um, I, I'm sure that whenever they're done doing the autopsies, it'll never be public, because the story that will remain is just that this was done by global warming. Was done by this simple answer: global warming did this, but there's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot more involved that would that it would take to take down three or ten thousand head of cattle. There's a, definitely something weird going on there, and I think that we should all be paying attention to these types of things. We should all be paying attention to when we see suspicious activity within our food chain that wipes out a rather significant portion of it, because that impacts all of us. We're feeling the impacts at the grocery store. Anyway, comment below, tell me what you think, Um, because I've tried to you know, be even keel on this thing. I don't wanna be accusatory of anybody, um, but I do think that, like I've said a hundred times, I think that there's more to the story here than the heat wave. There has to be more to the story here than the heat wave. Uh, You know, Because, here's the thing, if the cows were just out grazing in a field with a water source, and it got up to 108 degrees, it wouldn't kill the cow. Um, It it just, it may be one or two cows, but not thousands of them. So, you you know, then you get into all of the different elements here. There is definitely 100%, with beyond, you know, anything, I, I can tell you that this was not just because of extreme heat. I mean, this just doesn't happen because of extreme heat. There are so many other factors that could have been at play here. I don't know this particular area. I've driven through feedlots just to the west of it, the northwest of it, and I've seen how those animals are in those feedlots. But like I said, I also know that the management of those feedlots, as much as I don't like them, they do have resources to cool the cows. Yeah, the more I sit here and talk to you, the more I'm just like, there's, there's something, something happened. Something had to have happened for this scale to go down. And if it spreads, if if you start seeing it on a wider scale, um, it doesn't change the suspicious factor to me.
0: And that was North Carolina farmer Charlie Rankin. He gave us a lot to chew on there, as well as Mike's opinion at the outset. What do you think? Let us know in the comments or give us a call at Digging Deeper. And that's going to do it for The Ugly Truth for this week. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless. And thank you for listening to The Ugly Truth, because... They can't
2: stop us
1: Cause we're ready to fight Trying to brainwash us But we won't let freedom die The whole world's brainwashed Everybody think a team, start a riot in the streets The whole world's brainwashed
0: The Ugly Truth, hard to listen to, but impossible to ignore. Just a quick break to make sure you know about our two radio stations. Our AM plays country music, markets, agricultural news, and some farm-type stuff. Our FM is fully licensed for all music of every genre in every country. You can listen to them both at diggingdeeperradio.com. That's right, 24-7, 365, diggingdeeperradio.com.
1: They separate us from our neighbors and they call it social distancing. It's actually a bigger plan. It's called social conditioning. They took away our privacy. There's always someone listening. The elections planning riots for the citizens. The government has always lied. It's history repeating. But the problem is the schools dumb you down so you believe them. If you try to speak the truth inside a tweet, then they delete it. Whole administration Satanists who claim they praise in Jesus. Every year there's a new name for enemies that we're facing. It's Al-Qaeda, then ISIS, and now American patriots. Who would have thought those who love the country the most would be Hated on by folks who call America home Both political parties are equally just as evil They've been working for themselves, don't give a damn about the people Black, white, yellow, brown, humanity needs you Cause united we stand, divided they will defeat you The man on the news says the problem is me I'm just a small town boy Go back to the old days, land of the free, home of the brave The man on the news says the problem is me Small town boy with big American dreams The world's going crazy See through all the illusions, refuse to hear rumors or accept that we're losing. Easy to get caught up, consumed by the consumer. Truth is so deluded, people starve off the confusion. Comfort is the killer, your dream's execution. Cool persecution if I make a contribution. Home of the brave look like a mental institution. And there will be revolution if we can't find resolution. And a threat is a promise. Stand up, pay homage. They tell lies, I'm being honest. Test of time is upon us. I know that God got us, so I'm fighting in his honor. Hear the cries of the crusaders as we're strapping up up armor, either set set a higher ground or drown in a drama, if I die for what I love then my death will be nirvana, we fighting for our freedom, don't believe what they've been feeding, be the change you want to see, the warrior that we're needing. The man on the news says the problem is me, I'm just a small town boy with big American dreams, the world's going crazy. Trust the news, the government or Pharma. We just want freedom. UF, that you have that to offer? We don't want the lies, the politics or the drama. We just want the life that was promised by our fathers. We don't trust the news, the government or Pharma. We just want freedom. UF, that you have that to offer? We don't want the lies, the politics or the drama. We just want the life that was promised by our fathers. The man on the news says the prize.
2: Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen.
0: And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you.
2: Everything is possible for one who believes.
0: Welcome to Faith Matters.